Hi, this is Pastor Tim Crick, and you are listening to the weekly sermon podcast of Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, a part of the ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us online at www.htelc.com. We worship on Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11 a.m., where you are never too late and there is always room for one more. We hope you can join us sometime, and we hope you find the sermon you're about to listen to helps you to understand and experience the depths of God's love for you and the entire world. Thanks for listening. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 9, verses 51 through 62. When the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. But they did not receive him, because his face was set toward Jerusalem. When his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire down, to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. Then they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. For the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. The Gospel of the Lord. You, you may be seated. After hearing that passage, does anybody else want to preach this morning? <laughs> they aren't easy words of Jesus, are they? Um, they seem like reasonable requests. Someone has died, they want to bury their dead, bury their loved ones. I want to follow you, Jesus. Let me say goodbye to my family first. And in both cases, it seems as if Jesus is saying, sorry, if you want to follow me, those other things go by the wayside. Don't care for your family. Don't say goodbye to a loved one. Don't do those rituals that you traditionally do to honor someone who has died. All of that is gone, and you can't do it anymore. So I wonder, is that what Jesus is saying? It is that black and white of what you can and cannot do. Is that the way we approach faith? Do this, don't do that. This is allowed, this isn't. At times it feels like that, doesn't it? Maybe you were raised in a way in which the rules were, if you can follow the rules then here is your reward. I don't think that's quite what Jesus was saying. And I don't think Jesus is literal in this sense. Jesus is, Luke 9, there is a transition in Luke's gospel, this chapter. It says he sets his face toward Jerusalem. It is a major transition point. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus only goes toward Jerusalem 
one time. He only goes to Jerusalem one time, right? This, those Gospels take place in one year. John, Jesus goes to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover three times. So one of the distinctions between the Gospels. But in Luke's Gospel, Jesus has done some living, he's done some miracles, and now it's this transition point where he is making his way to Jerusalem, to the cross. It's a transition. Something big is going to happen. And these stories are more to do with what Jesus is doing than anything else. Jesus is on his way. He's on a mission. There's things that are going to accomplish. And so I think Jesus is not literal, but he is serious. And I'm glad he's not literal because Jesus, at another point, says, if your hand causes you to sin, what should you do with it? How many people have two hands, right? Because they haven't cut them off. Right? We don't do that. How many, do you know what Jesus say about your eyes? If your eyes causes you to sin, what are you supposed to do with it? Gouge it out. We have our eyes, don't we? I don't think Jesus intends for us to be blind. But he uses these kind of scenarios to stress the importance or the significance of what it means to be a Christian. To think about what we are doing and why we are doing it. And I think that's what I like about the Galatians passage. The uh, fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's about providing a framework for what it means to live a life that follows Christ. And what we do, does it fit within that framework or does it not fit within that framework? It's not just about you have to do this, you can't do that. But what's important to us and how does what we do fit within those things? And Jesus is using some extreme cases to stress his point. I listened to this podcast uh, a couple months ago. Vicky and I share podcasts back and forth. Uh, one will listen to it, another one. And the analogy was used as a parent. And I think it's not just about a parent, but it can be about anything. Are we called to be carpenters or are we called to be gardeners? Let me tell you what a carpenter is. Anybody ever buy a piece of furniture from Ikea? What do you have to do with that furniture from Ikea? Right? you got to assemble it. And there's a right way in which it needs to be assembled. Right? So they give you the directions. They give you all those wooden plugs. You get all those holes. And it's got to go together a certain way to get that set outcome. Right? Carpenters are like that. If you're an architect or an engineer, you have to follow these plans to put something together so it turns out a certain way. How often do we approach parenting that way? It's a fight when we do that, isn't it? When you think, I have the way my kid needs to turn out. And if I could just put them together in this way, if they would just let me do this to them, their life would be so much easier. Anybody ever feel that way? <laughs> How many people feel like their parents were that way sometimes? What if we are gardeners? I mean, people have a garden. What do you do to the garden? You till it. You water it. You plant it. You weed it. 
you are not guaranteed what that final outcome is going to be. Instead, you are trying to create the right conditions for something to grow up and be strong out of it. Does that make sense? Ultimately, you're not in control of what comes up. But you can create the conditions for what to come up, be strong, and produce fruit, and be viable, and to multiply. You're not trying to pound that square, square peg in the round hole. But you're using a framework to allow something to rise forth from it. And it takes diligence. You have to do things. I know we've had multiple gardens in our life, and they're work, aren't they? <laughs> you have to go out when you don't want to go out, and you have to weed, and you have to do all those things. And so our gardens very rarely have borne much fruit because you have to be consistent with it, right? But it's not the same as a carpenter in which you're trying to assemble this piece, and you have this idea, this plan of what it's going to look like at the end. I don't think that's just saying the truth with parenting. I think that's so true with all of our relationships, with the church, and how we should be. How do we write, create the right conditions, the framework, in order for something strong to go? And in order to do that, we have to have our priorities straight also, and we have to be serious about it. And so I think that's what Jesus is stressing. I think that's why these two lessons go hand in hand. It's not just this willy-nilly, ah, this is just what we're going to do and hope it turns out well, right? But it takes perseverance, it takes endurance, it takes patience, it takes peace, it takes kindness. And it takes some priorities that when you want to, don't want to get up and go weed, you get up and go weed. That on those summer days, if something needs to be trimmed back and it's 95, you go and you trim it back to allow the conditions so something comes forth. It's not one or the other maybe, but it's a both and kind of situation. That's what our life in faith is like. You know, we're going to have a baptism here in a little bit. We're going to bring Isaac up in baptism. Remember, we've talked about it is God's action. God is the one doing it. We are proclaiming God's love and promise over Isaac. We, along with Matt and Erica, I'm sorry, I can't remember Matt's sister's name, Lisa, are going to make promises in return to teach Isaac about God's promise, that we're saying we're going to garden Isaac so he can grow up strong, right? We don't know what it's going to be, but we're going to help you get there. Those are the promises that we're making together as a church, as a community, and it's hard. You know, it could be, uh, I was thinking about do I share this or not, but I'll, I'll, I'll go there with it. Life biz is busy, isn't it? How many people have other things you could be doing on Sunday morning? Right? That's a huge thing with families right now. And I know there can be a big push to say, you have to be in church every Sunday morning, and if not, and if they just wouldn't have activities on Sunday, there's no time sacred anymore. No, there isn't any time sacred anymore. Growing up, I don't know if there ever was, to be honest. Or do we look at all time as sacred, not just Sunday morning for one hour as sacred. Because I know a whole lot of people that are in church every Sunday, right, that maybe don't know everything, what it really means to be Christian, and I know people that are hardly ever there that really know a whole lot about what it means to be Christian. So it's not just about following the rules and being here, but what does it mean when we go from here? Does that make sense? 
creating the conditions, not just following the rules. And I will say, the more we are here, the better conditions we can create. (laughs) So it's a both and. How do we create habits within ourselves to create the conditions so something fruitful grows up? So something loving grows up. So it's not about following the rules. And it is about living a life uh, that has priorities within it. So I do, you notice my family's not here this morning, right? (laughs) Because we have, Vicki and Mike are in Massachusetts. They're playing the cross this morning. But what do we do otherwise as a family when they can't always make it here? And... Please make it here as much as we can. It's just both and, and it's a hard struggle. It's a hard struggle, and it's not just parents of kids that do it. We all have it. So we can be a place in which you're welcome, you're encouraged, you're supported. We garden together. We live and we love. We make promises. We help our best to try and keep them, knowing it's not easy, but we'll walk with you hand in hand. Amen. That's the sermon for this week. We hope from it you learned a bit more about God's love for you and the world. Please subscribe and rate our podcast to help us be found by and reach more people. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, you are loved.